0: So today I want to talk a little bit about being decided, being decided, being all in. See, one of the problems when we try to relate to the Bible is that we relate to the Bible, which is God's word, God-inspired word. We relate to it through our personal culture. We relate to it through our community culture, and we relate to it through our experience, And so what we're actually doing is is we're filtering God to fit our mindset. But God doesn't want to fit your mindset. God wants to blow your mind. God, look, look, we have to, sometimes we talk about our comfort zones, but the problem with our comfort zones is our comfort zones keep us repeating the same painful mistakes. And so in order for you to get out of your comfort zones, and get to something that's actually functional, beneficial, going to cause blessing, going to cause breakthrough, going to cause you to actually walk in peace, we have to stop interpreting the book through what we feel it means. Like, you are not a connoisseur walking into an art gallery deciding on what that piece of art means to you. We do that with the book. Well, uh, my interpretation is I saw a cat climbing on the ceiling. Now we all know about cats. The fact that you saw a cat, we need to pray for you.
1: <laughs>
0: Just kidding. Someone, but but the problem is, is we do that. We do that with the book. Is that we 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 we, we read a scripture. And we feel uncomfortable, like Pastor Bix was talking. So then we just wait a minute and we talk ourselves into meaning something
1: else. Come on.
0: We shift it into something that we feel comfortable with, rather than something that confronts us. Right. The, the book is uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's because it's uncomfortable to someone who's defined something else as comfortable. Right. When you're in a comfort zone, truth is very difficult to deal with. Hello?
1: Just
0: had to make sure everyone hadn't gone into like a traumatic coma. (laughs) Okay, so I have five scriptures here. I'm going to try and keep this as short as possible, the best I can. (laughs) So help me God. Okay, so um, the thing, the thing is, is that the, the reason I'm going down this cultural thing is we live in a culture probably more than any other in history where options have been so populated in our lives where anything goes. Now, if you come back with me 125 years, I don't have a time machine at my disposal, but if we were able to go back 125 years and I took you out to a homestead, there would probably be a family there, a healthy family, somewhat. There would be probably some kind of garden growing or 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 fields there'd probably be some kind of you know animals being like livestock being grown there would be a certain thing in their life that they would have to do like you know taking care of what where do we draw the water from we draw it from the well i can't go to the store i have to get it from the well there's absolutes there but here we live in a place of and a time of so many options That on a subliminal level, it's programmed us to understand (laughs) that or to at least believe foolishly that we have all these options with what we do with our lives. Back then, a lot of people probably found it a lot easier to believe in God because there was a simplicity there. And there was just a simple good, bad, light, darkness. Does this make sense? Whereas now there are so, I mean, if I was the devil, like I've said this before, but if I was the devil and Jesus came into the earth to redeem the lost, but there was only, he said, I am the only way, I'm the only truth, I'm the only light. If I was the devil two, three thousand years ago, I would create so many religions that there would be a confusion on which one was the right one. The devil uses the strategy of options. God says there's only two ways right? The narrow way and the broad way. But the devil doesn't say that. He doesn't agree with that. The devil's mantra is there's many ways. The devil's mantra says you can get to heaven all kinds of ways. The Pope says similar things. Don't believe me? Go look it up. And there's a lot of quote unquote Christian leaders that get on uh, popular talk shows and then ask, hey, if you're this particular lifestyle, will you go to heaven? Well, you know, there's not really an absolute yes there is it's called the book (laughs) hello see so the problem is is there is this dumbing down and this like watering down of truth and error right and wrong darkness and light there's this very thin sliver of darkness and light and there is a huge section of real estate of gray Hello. Where it's not really wrong, but it's not really right. So, well, maybe God will win you all pass. So the problem with that is it creeps into the church. And we have a problem being committed. Right. Yeah. We have a problem being committed to each other. We have a problem being committed to a job. We have a problem being committed to, to the kingdom. Yep. Hello. Totally. We have a problem going all in. Because we are the paranoid little person in the plane that wants to wear the the the, the, the parachute in case something goes wrong. We can jump out at a minute's notice. Wow. I'm out of this plane. Really? I got a second option. Oh. You see, we're plan we're plan B through plan Z. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: World War Z. Oh, no. Oh,
1: no. So, <laughs>
0: So the problem is, is that we come and here we are today on Sunday, the first Sunday of August 2020. And we've got all kinds of options. Well, I'm going to this church, but I'm not really committed long term. Huh? Have you read the book? That's blown.
1: <laughs>
0: that's like, that's like me walking, if this tree could start talking. If I could have like a little Lord of the Rings chat with this, ent- was it an int. <laughs> if this thing became an int instead of talking Lord the Bible, now hang on a minute, I'm not off track here. The Bible says that the trees of worship God have clap their hands. <laughs> okay, so if I could have a chat with this tree and this tree just looked at me and he's like, Master Andrew, I'm in this park but it's not really where I'm supposed to be, I'm, you know. See, and the problem is, is that's how stupid we look when we talk like that. It's just that it's such a widespread culture, it doesn't stand out anymore. So we have even more confidence to come out and be honest about how uncommitted we are. Well, I just, you know, I'm more of a buffet Christian. I like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You'd be in Revelation chapter 3 hopping between three of the churches Jesus had a problem with well I go over here for this thing because Jesus was okay with that about them but I'm also over here part of Laodicea because they had a couple of things dialed in too no you're all Laodicea
1: are you guys with me yeah.
0: you guys get what I'm saying here yeah, yeah, yeah. so so, so then people get into relationships and it's like yeah we've been dating for like about six months now I'm not really sure if it's it. What are you even doing dating if you ain't serious about marrying that girl?
1: Yeah,
0: totally. You're trying something you can't afford to buy, that's what's happening. Come on.
1: Hey. Come
0: on. <laughs> so, we have a whole bunch of just like weird, uncommitted things in our culture that actually need to be removed and we need to step up and say this is who I am unashamedly no plan B this is where I'm planted in a family unashamedly no plan B you know I've gone to Asia quite a bit as a lot of you know and like one of the great tragedies in Asia and it's not just in Asia it's just that it's more of an established culture there Um, it happens everywhere But one of the things that they, it's almost like part of the narrative is that there's this whole idea that, you know, the dad or the husband is a businessman and he travels, but he's got a secret other family with secret other children on the other part of town or in a different country or different state. And kids grow up, I mean, I've counseled people like this. They've grown up and they're like in their 20s and 30s and they find out they had sisters and brothers in another whole family across town or across another country and like, that's someone that's not committed births things that conflict with the original hello and so we have this whole idea of like well I'm just kind of like this free agent we take pride in being freelance Christians really what it actually looks like is you're a mercenary do you guys know what a mercenary is? See, you've got a soldier, let's say you got a Marine. A Marine hands his passport in or her passport and becomes property of the United States. You guys understand that all military personnel become property of the United States. They become an asset.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? They don't even have a passport. They have a government-issued ID. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. So, like, you know, that's why the Bible says that no soldier goes to war and entangles himself with things that would contrary... The approval of his you know master chief or his commander-in-chief right Are we are we on the same page here yeah. Yeah. whereas a mercenary a mercenary has not handed their passport in a mercenary actually is a soldier of fortune a mercenary is a gun for hire whoever's the highest bidder and the minute the bid changes so does loyalty Because a mercenary has options. They don't have loyalty. And the second they get a better option, they go to the next thing. So I want to talk a little bit today about being committed, being all in, being decided. Because God is not multiple personality. He is not a fluid strategist. He is a king that makes strategies and he sticks to his story. The story doesn't change halfway through with his beautiful poetic meaning. That we call prophetic. Nice. <laughs> well, God just changed it up on me. Well, no. You just changed it up on you and blamed God.
1: Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> Hello? Oh, yeah. Because you got uncomfortable, then it was time to pull the pin and jump out the door with your little parachute ripcord. Right. Yeah. You see, so, so... But the problem is, is, I'm not just talking about church commitment. I'm talking about commitment to heaven. Because there's different types of christians there's christians that go to church and then there's christians that actually have given all for jesus have thrown the keys away taken up their cross been mocked lost friends whatever that looks like see we'll do anything for god until our popularity comes into question until it starts to, co- until our approval ratings go down. Yeah. Can I can I say this? Can, can can I just really get out there right now? Yeah. We'll post stuff on Instagram that the world loves us to see, or Facebook, or whatever your social media of choices. But anything that we want to do to show ourselves spiritual, we'll put a filter on it so only our Christian friends see it. Because we're not really all in. We just want our Christian friends to think we're all in. We don't want our unsaved friends thinking we're all in because we still want approval ratings. You guys catching me now? See, I don't think Jesus would be too stoked with paying the ultimate price so that I could only be partially proud of Him. Come on. I don't think he wants me living a partially laid down life when other people are watching but then when different people are watching I play a different game see I I, I love the story and it's actually a very awkwardly messy section of the apostolic outworking once Jesus ascended but there was about 14 years after Pentecost uh, Saul had become Paul and he'd actually had a 14 year furlough which a lot of people say in history, I think I've mentioned before, he actually went out to almost like a monastery and isolated and just grew in God because he had all this knowledge. This territory puts a lot of real estate and knowledge, a lot of states and knowledge, how much you've studied, how many Bible schools you've been through, how many books you've read, how many times you've read the, the book of John this week. <laughs> right? We put a lot of real estate in that, but he hadn't actually learned how to be a friend of God. You see, for a foreigner, I can work with for a minute. Like, when I say a foreigner, someone that I don't, I'm not talking about uh, nationality. I'm talking about someone that I don't really know, a stranger. But for a friend, I'll be incredibly loyal. I'll put my life in harm's way. Right? So, So, the problem is, is that Saul, who became Paul, had all this knowledge about a foreigner that he didn't really know. Under an old covenant. So he took 14 years becoming a friend of God. And then after that, he journeys up and he finds Peter. We love Peter. We all love Peter. He's such a great guy. He gave us so much hope. You have your messed up days. You're like, oh, thank you, God, for having Peter as your friend. But there's Peter, who's been with Jesus three and a half years, probably had three, four, five years of living in the early church, And then Saul gets saved, becomes Paul, and then there's a 14-year gap. So let's just say somewhere in the ballpark of 20 years. Okay? Peter has been discipled by the best, and yet Peter is not fully discipled. Sorry, Peter is not fully decided. Because Peter is hanging out with us. Because remember that the, 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 the prophecy, the word, the revelation came to Peter through Cornelius all this unclean meat now it's clean we're good so what he's talking about is both food thank you jesus for barbecue but he's also talking about the gentiles right. now the gentiles are invited into this thing i do at the cross now everyone's saved now now everyone can be safe sorry right so peter has this idea but he's not gone all into the idea yet because what peter does is peter hangs out with all the gentiles and he's eating and he's eating ribs pork ribs yeah which under the Old Covenant, they're not supposed to be doing, right? And, and, and as soon as, and, and Paul's walking into town while this is happening, right? He's he's just getting down with like Dickie's barbecue or something. He's just getting blown out. There's some kind of blown out sauce and it's just going down, right? Peter's just got like stuff all over his face and his beard. Can you see that? And as soon as like the Jewish part of the church comes into town, he disowns them like they never were part of his life. And he sits
1: down eating hummus and and naan
0: bread. You see? Because he liked the option of playing both sides rather than bringing sides together. Hello? Because to do that, you're going to lose friends. Not in the Gentiles, you're going to lose them in the Jewish community. Because they're sticklers to legalism. Hello? And so Paul, Paul walks into town and he watches it happening right in front of him. And he says, I withstood Peter to his face because he played the hypocrite and he was to be blamed. This is the problem. We need to get committed where we stop having options. You know, it would be like if the police rolled up here right now and they found a way to try and shut us down and there's five, six people in the very back, no one here. There's five, six people sitting in the back and they're like, oh, we were just watching. We, We just were walking past no you weren't, you were in church Mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying we either either stand up and be counted or we play flaky California Christianity there's just something about being committed so I've got five scriptures I want to read to you because unfortunately the culture that we live in has watered down a lot of biblical absolutes absolutes have become dirty words these days but there is absolutes If you live certain lifestyles, you're going to spend eternity in flames. I'm sorry that makes you feel angry. It's better to have a change of heart than end up there. Okay. Okay. So, I have five scriptures. Let's just go. I want you to see that God is more interested in you being completely all in than you being comfortable. He's more interested in you being decided than you looking popular. He's more interested in you actually forsaking other things that would cause you to have options, like just something that's coming to mind. You remember I've talked about quite a lot when Elijah walks up and Elisha is, is working on his parents' land. There's 12 yoke of oxen. That means there's 12 sets of oxen, right? Yeah. He would have had two oxen and there was 11 others. So Elijah walks up and he takes his coat and threw it over Elijah's shoulder and... Elisha's shoulder. And he said, I choose you to be my protege. I choose you to be my successor, right? And immediately Elisha, see this is the difference between cultures of integrity and cultures that we live in today. Immediately Elisha killed his two oxen and he broke up the yoke, which is the the equipment like the plow and the shackle between the two oxen. He built a fire and he boiled the meat. He burned his bridge so he didn't have an option if it didn't work out with Elijah. And we need to get to a place where we actually are prepared to be in seasons that God puts us in without building bridges to get out of them. Without keeping a back door so that if something... Hang on a minute. If God brings you into a season, why are you trying to escape? You have a trust problem with God. You have intellectual knowledge of who God is, but you don't have intimate relationship with how he loves because you don't have intimate relationship with how he loves you don't know how to trust him so you're intellectually building escape hatches okay let this I know for some of us listening to this today this is a little painful good I'm going to press in with the scalpel a little further because because if it's hurting it means it's triggering something in you that isn't decided and you might think, well, he just came here to insult me today. I did him a favor to come to the park to listen to him. No, you didn't, sweetheart. You did yourself a favor. Okay, so be decided. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24, and I'm going to read from verse 15. Joshua's seen all this crazy stuff go down. He's watched people that have rebelled against God and against Moses get destroyed. He watched all of Egypt's greatest forces get like demolished in moments right Joshua 24 verse 15 now he's talking to the children of Israel who have had options along the way by the way God himself sends Moses and brings them out of Egypt and next minute they're building a golden cow who is the two-horned God Satan hello so they they come out of a season and they give Satan the credit let, let that drop in they literally come up they, they were they were a slave nation and they come out they cross a river God stops the enemy the, the, the oppressor by fire drowns all of his finest warriors in the ocean they get out to the to the to the uh, to the desert they start complaining and they build a monument to Satan and give Satan the credit. can you get that because they still had options. When you burn your monuments and your options and your bridges and your back doors, you'll become decided. When you become decided, God can use you. Prior to that, you're sitting in neutral. Have you ever seen a car in neutral go anywhere? See, the word neutral is connected to neutralize or political. A political spirit that plays both sides. I need to play sides with these people to keep them happy. And I need to play sides with these people to keep them happy. Because the second I have to say an absolute, I might lose both of them. Yeah. See, if, if I'm going to use Jeff again because he's, he's a real close friend of mine. If someone comes to war with Jeff, if someone goes after Jeff, I'm not looking to make friends or stay neutral with the person that's attacking my friend. I don't even need to know them. And if I do, guess whose side I'm choosing? It's not that I'm uh, uh, a warmonger. It's just that I know who I'm decided about. And I'm not going to sit on the fence and let him question my loyalty while I play both sides. Uh, This is what we do with God and with people. We think it's okay. Well, I just don't want anyone to think that I'm hostile you're being political hello see I know that my friends know that if anything goes down I'm going to settle up because that's who a real friend should be yeah. see that's what covenant looks like if they come to war with you they've just declared war on me yeah. it's on because two are better than one I don't ever want to get into a situation where hell attacks me and the people I thought and I've had this happen to me and it's the worst feeling in the world. When hell attacks you and you turn to your friends, the ones you thought were with you and you see them backing away because it's not a very comfortable situation for them. It's not a situation that they want to be seen associated with because it would be bad for their PR. It would be bad for their personal outcome. No, dude, if if one of my friends, I don't care. You can burn me down. I'm coming in. I will never be found disloyal. I will never be found neutral. I will never be found having a picnic with my family while my friends are drowning. Hello. And God wants the same. God is a jealous God, guys. He's jealous. He don't want you flirting with Beelzebub while you claim to be a a son of God. Okay, so, (laughs) I've got to keep this short. This could become really long, and I've got to try and... Okay, so Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, Joshua is speaking to the children of Israel. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. See, God is a God of absolute... Well, I, f- I feel like you're forcing me to make a decision. Mm-hmm. You're very perceptive. You may even be prophetic. I feel like I'm being pressured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually you are. See, it's better to be pressured into making a decision than to be naively ending up in hell. Well, I went to church. Uh-huh, I get that. My car parked in the garage, too. <laughs> just because you go somewhere don't mean you're in. That's true. That's right. true. Okay. <laughs> so choose this day whom you will serve, whether the other gods... See, here's the deal. God isn't insecure if you just want to go and live for yourself. Right? God's not going to compete with you. He's not going to squash your sovereignty if you want to live a selfish disloyal optioned life because if he if we choose him he wants it to be because we chose him but if we're going to choose him he doesn't want to play second fiddle he doesn't want to play part time girlfriend he doesn't want to be your hubby on the side hello he wants everything he is a jealous God okay whether the gods which your fathers served hey here's a real good question how did it work out for your fathers and all the other things they served well that's my family you're talking about Mm-hmm. yeah it is stop being so emotional and start looking at things logically for a minute Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. See, there's always options. There's all you know, it, and it's really easy to paint the contrast. Well, I'm not in the church of Satan. I know. But you're in the church of you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You're in the church of self. Yeah. You come to church where Jesus is praised. But your lifestyle shows that you care more about your own PR and your own self-options than anything else. Therefore, I can't judge you by your words. I must observe and honor your actions. Now, I've just stopped listening to what people say and I just started watching what people do. And then you watch them and like, dude, you were lying (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) There wasn't even one thing you said that was true. I think that's the answer that you really want to give, but you're too cowardly to actually live it there's a lot of like yeah man honestly and I, we can all relate to this i need to go to the gym and work out i need to lose weight i need to eat healthy mm-hmm. that was the that's the answer you know you need to give but then crispy cream is hot now and it's something you're not prepared to do hello you with me <laughs> So the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. See, Joshua just had this thing of like, dude, you guys, I'm not here to pressure you to do whatever, you know, you don't have to do what I'm going to do. If you want to go serve devils, go serve devils. And when he referenced, you know, the ways that your fathers followed, they're the dudes that got swallowed up in the desert. 110,000 guys died in a day. Well, that's not the heart of the father. Mm Mhm. okay you believe that because it's the same God we all just agreed he wasn't schizophrenic (laughs) so how are you going to deal with that in your theology just because Jesus came and died and brought the mercy seat and the blood that appeases sin doesn't mean that if you keep living undecided that you get a hall pass we gotta get our theology straight I try and stick away from the heavy, deep theology talk, but it's such a stronghold here, sometimes I just have to come and kick it. Right where it needs to be kicked. Okay. Right. So I can't reproduce. I mean, honestly, it's been reproducing here for a long time. Okay. Come with me now to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. You say, Who, me? Yeah, you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. That both you and your descendants may live. I mean, that seems pretty clear, right? And heaven and earth have been called to witness against us. Well, you know, I like to try and make sure that I keep people happy. Dude, do you understand that the Bible says, Beware when all men speak well of you. The goal of modern Christianity looks like trying to keep everyone happy. So is that biblical? No. Jesus was really clear about it. Because you see, here's the deal. It's easy to be a disciple and watch the master getting whipped and beaten. It's easy to watch the teacher getting spat at and people trying to lay hands on him and him slipping through crowds because you're just a student. But there comes a coming of age time where Peter needs to stop running away and he needs to stand up and say, no, 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 hang me upside down on a cross because I'm not even worthy to be crucified the same way Jesus was. So you have to choose. See, Peter finished really well. It's okay to make bumps along the road, but some of us need some people to get in our face and say, what are you doing? Choose. You just have to choose the right people to do that. We have to burn our options, guys. Yeah. See, one of the things I love is, I, I believe it was Columbus when he came to uh, parts of uh, um, the Americas, and, and well, it was really the Americas, they came and they landed on the coast in all the conquistador ships. Now, I'm not here to start some kind of like social blowout. <laughs> okay, It's just history that we can learn from. And they landed on the shore, and what he told all of his captains... Was when you get there, you offload everything off the ship, all the supplies, all the gunpowder, all the stuff, and then you burn the ships. Why? Because no matter how good or bad this thing is, we ain't going backwards. Okay. Hello? If this thing gets bumpy, we've not we're not taking we've come here to establish something. Yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna say something right now, okay. it's gonna upset some folks. I've had pastors say to me, Hey, we're going to go plant a branch of our church in San Diego and test it out and see if it's fun. Now, to me, God has never come to me and said, Hey, Andrew, I'm going to let you do something really fun. (laughs)
1: Because
0: obedience to me normally looks like part of me dying on the inside. Sorry to break it to you. Well... See, God doesn't go and say, hey, test things out and see if it's fun. He says, hey, go do it and praise me. Hello.
1: You
0: see, but we try and look for like, well, I don't really know that God's spoken to me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to test it, which means I'm not even listening to God to start with. Because God has never been half-hearted about anything. He, God's never turned around and said, well, guys, maybe this might work out if I'm in it in the first person he said go get up go do this thing I'm with you you're going to suffer loss there's going to be some real good days there's going to be some real bad days but I'm with you guys we have to understand that without the shedding of blood Jesus died yes but without the shedding of blood breakthrough doesn't happen sometimes and I'm not talking about murder or sacrifice it's not what I'm talking about and in, 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 in church history, martyrdom has usually broken open great moods of God. But you've got to be pretty des- pretty decided to be a martyr. Right. Like I, I heard about in, in Ireland, in Northern Ireland and Scotland, they tried in earlier history around the time of Braveheart, this is a history you haven't heard, that what they did was they would actually, they were trying to squash Christianity out of that, out of that aisle, And they would get mum, dad and children, and when the tide went out, they would have these poles in the tide, in the, in the sand. And they would tie mum, dad and the kids at different lengths out, and the kids would be the furthest out. And the wife would be the next one, and the husband would be the last. And they would put slices on their legs, so they would bleed. And so as the tide came in, the sharks would start eating on them. The kids first. And they said this can all stop if you just renounce Jesus. But you can imagine being a father listening to your children getting eaten and drowning and your wife next and then you. See, but that's too hard for us now. We're trying to find a way out of that. Because we love history books, but we don't want to be history. I understand this is not pg but neither is the cross see we have to be decided okay let's keep moving i've got to go back to a happy scripture so someone feels like they can still be part of the church (laughs) (laughs) matthew chapter 6. matthew chapter 6 verse 24 is jesus speaking now this is jesus words Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. You can't play both sides. You cannot be on both teams. You can't stand on both fields. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is the financial and demonic spirit of this world. You guys with me? Jesus was not like, hey guys, you can have a little bit of me and a little bit of that. Jesus didn't say, hey guys, you know, I'm the the Lamb of God. Um, You don't have to eat my body and drink my blood, but what you can do is you can use me like parsley and just garnish your plate with everything else you want to consume. Hello? Jesus said, I'm all in. Are you all in? You cannot have me And what I bring, and all of that. See, we we need to look at the things in our lives that are the things in our lives that would want us to water down what we would hold as true. Or maybe we've never been all in before, maybe we've only been partially in, maybe we've always been the scared little orphan. That's come in, seeing if they can trust. See, that is really the hallmark. If you've always had a track record of coming into a church place or or, or this church, and you're always like, well, I can't trust anybody because I've been hurt before. The devil's got you with options because he got you to get hurt once. That's why the devil loves getting people hurt in church, in leadership, because he knows you won't trust. You've got to get over that. You've got to choose to trust Jesus. Jesus is the only boat you want to cross the river with when you breathe your last breath. Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to try and land this thing. This is a miracle, guys. Come on, guys. We have to get to a place where we change our psychology about how we're doing things because we become crafty tacticians that know how to navigate around situations and people we know how to get just close enough to get the benefits without being committed i'm gonna say that again we know how to get just close enough to get the benefits without being committed how's that working out in your society it's not how many children are growing up without dad around or mum around because of that idea How many of those children are going to grow up and have commitment issues because dad or mom didn't stick around? And now they don't know how to relate to a long-term relationship or a church because they had formative years of distrust. Amen. I've had to deal with the same thing. I've got good news. If that's you and you're saying that's me right now, you can get healed. And that's how you get healed. You trust Jesus with your all and you let your commitment to His commitment heal you so that you can be a committed individual.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: You can be a healthy spouse, a healthy part of a church family, you can be a healthy person in a workplace, you can be a health If you just let God heal you, stop being paranoid and having to have 12 different circles of friends that never meet each other. Because you don't want this set of friends to know who you really are by seeing this set of friends. Come on. Hello. Dude, there is no good thing that came from a secret. Like that anyways. Well, I feel safe and I just can't trust people. Mm -mm, No, they probably shouldn't trust you. Hello. And you know God ain't going to trust you neither. Like this is one of my number one rules. The way you treat people is the way you're treating God can't separate those things well i just have my special place with jesus Mm -hmm. fake and dysfunctional (laughs) matthew chapter 10 verse 34 i'm about to destroy what a lot of really well polished sugar-coated candy christian preachers told you for a long time okay so i apologize for the devastation that's about to happen to your emotions (laughs) I told you they were coming back Matthew chapter 10 verse 34 do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth what? what kind of bible is this? Jesus you said do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth what? I did not come to bring peace but a sword what? well we just need to compromise so we can all get along no i saw your coexist bumper sticker that ain't scriptural no they are not the same god no god's not gonna feel bad for someone that's been a hindu all their lives and kind of give them a hall pass and look the other way it ain't gonna work like that God is a God of absolutes. Now, while I do feel sorry for those people, we need to get better at our evangelism. We need to get more full of the Holy Ghost and fire of God so that people actually see a real live Jesus, not a real dead theology. I like reading this one because it shocks people because, see, a lot of Christians this day are all about keeping the peace. Jesus didn't keep peace. He made peace. There's a difference. See, the peace that you know that passes all understanding was because Jesus went into the bowels of hell after he expired on the cross and destroyed the devil's power. That did not come from a pep talk. That was a brutal fight. And Jesus won. Come on. Come on. Well, we should be all peaceful. Okay. What's your idea of peace? Us all getting along. I just gave you the answer. It was an open book test. do not think that I came to bring peace on earth see we got a little we got a little Christmas carol peace on earth and goodwill to (laughs) men now Jesus isn't a warmonger but he's certainly not a neutralized politicized neutered eunuch coward He's, he came as the lamb and that's what everyone's in love with. Oh, he's the lamb, we can pat him. He's so cute. I saw him at the farm show. No, he's coming back as a lion. That's why he's called the lion and the lamb. You ever seen a lion on one of those National Geographic shows? Where it just walks up to the antelope and it just goes... like scratches its paw in the ground all unsure of itself.
1: <laughs>
0: Trying to figure out if it needs to like, you know, make sure that the antelope's in a good place.
1: <laughs>
0: that the antelope's emotionally safe.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: a lion does what it came to do. Have dinner. When Jesus comes back, so much truth is coming with him that the Bible says that, the, that people will call for the rocks to cover them. Right. Like that's not like some Lord of the Rings, you know, theatrical, lyrical, mythical, like cryptic meaning. <laughs> that's literal. Right. You see, Jesus literally said, I've not come to like have everything just happy families. Because once I give you this truth, People are going to disagree with you. They're going to put you in jail. They're even going to cut your head off. It's happening all over the world right now. We just live in a very safe country. There are people giving their life today for Jesus that will not bow, that are braver than every person standing here, including myself. And we need to go all in. See, if it takes someone pointing a gun for you to finally soldier up and say, "I, you know, Jesus is everything, that's a tragic end of your life. Because you lived in the opposite direction, and you finally got honest in the last half a percent. If that's how you're prepared to die, live like that every day of your life. All in. Doesn't mean you need to become some doomsday prepper, crazy psycho person. (laughs) It just means like, look man, you know, if I went to someone in the military, and I walked onto a base, someone gave me access, and they were giving me a tour, and I walked up and met a general and the general was just sitting there and he was like all paranoid I'd be like dude we're in trouble I expect to find a general that's very resilient very tough uh, not necessarily super emotional I need a logical general hello that's someone that has decided and has come up through the ranks because they've earned their way in a military setting in the same category if we say we love God then that should look like us being decided yeah, yeah, absolutely. not when it's convenient are you a Christian well no I, don't, I wouldn't really call it that well what are you trying to say what church do you go to oh I have many churches what are you trying to say you're hiding in all these different places so no one can really know you because you're so afraid of being seen okay So let, let me finish here I did not come to bring peace but a sword for I have come to set man against father that's not an outcome that's an intent you know why because Jesus wants people that are decided and unfortunately not everyone's going to be Yeah, that is true. that's that is a tr- I, I wish I could stand here and tell you that the book says that everyone's going to make it it doesn't say that yeah. so our job is to get everyone that possibly is going to make it right. See, the whole world right now is distracted living for themselves, having their best life now. I want my best life later. That should be a t-shirt. I want my best life later. Living my best life later while I sacrifice the best of what I have today now for the king that gave all for me. If I can, if I don't get, like, honestly, if, if this wasn't real, I would not be here. I'd be doing a lot of other things that I'd like to do. You don't get to go first. Well, Jesus just wants you to have your best life now. That's not the book. You've been listening to too much radio and too much social media. That is not true. I've watched preachers get up and they're just so silver tongued you can see sugar dripping off their tongues. And
1: they're
0: like, oh, ever since I got saved, it was the best life I could have ever had and everything's awesome. Like, that's a lie. Or you're just like a secret devil worshiper. <laughs> living your best life now. Now, I want my best life in eternity. I want the house on the hill. Got to go all in. Be decided. Okay, let's let's keep going. I'm almost done. For I've come to set father, uh, a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a man's enemies will be that of his own household. You know why? Because people in your household know what you believe. Now, I don't believe that God's wanting to see households against each other, right. but the unfortunate truth is is when you introduce a truth and you believe that truth, someone's going to turn on you. The trick the, the, not the trick, but the, the secret is is will you fold for their approval or will you hold for his? Well, I just I'm really careful. I'm really careful how much I expose my Christianity because I don't want to turn away the people that are in my life right now because I think that I can, I can emotionally influence them with my behavior and my social media and somehow get them to choose Jesus. That didn't make sense. You're either ashamed of him or you're not. I'm not saying be stupid on your social media or in person or whatever that looks like but there needs to be a balance we're either ashamed or we're unashamed there's no strategic middle shame middle earth he who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me
1: that's that's
0: tough that's actually a really tough statement because what it actually Jesus is actually saying I want to be primo uno Right? Primero? Primero? Primero uno? Uno Primero. It doesn't matter. I got it out. (laughs) Jesus wants to be number one. He doesn't want other things in your life that have become so excessively important that he's now a side figurine. Right. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That's a that's a disturbingly hard statement to swallow. Even for me, I get it. I get it. But he said it, so I've got to line up with him, not with how that truth makes me feel.
1: This
0: is uh, this is hard. That's why I didn't skip this part out because we need to hear this. Okay. And he who does not take up his cross, and well, hang on a minute, Jesus. If I took up a cross, people would see it. Aren't we supposed to be stealthy? Aren't we supposed to be wise in the way we do the gospel? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but not ashamed. He who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. What Jesus is saying is, I paid a price and I'm looking for a certain level of return. If it's not worthy of the price I paid, I'm not accepting it. Just like he didn't accept Cain. See, Cain actually bought an offering to the altar. He went through the motions. The problem is he bought the wrong thing. He had options instead of obedience. Abel knew that that only the shedding of blood could atone for sin, because mum and dad talked about how God came in the garden and killed animals and sacrificed it and made clothes for them, remember? Abel understood that there is only one way, but Cain thought he had options. Because he was emotional about his particular well it's my jesus it's my unique kind of way of honoring you see we use all the right language right because i'm a farmer so this actually means more to me i even brought you my biggest pumpkins but at the same time here you go and god's like eh, that's a no for me you're not coming to hollywood <laughs> Right? Because there is unfortunately, as much as we have beautiful, romantic, poetic ideas, it's just not what God said. And we need to line up with what God said, not with what our ideas would really like. And I I understand. I've got great ideas too. They're just wrong. (sighs)
1: So
0: he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. Living my best life now? That's a bad short-term investment. Yeah. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. See, but to do that, you've got to be committed, trust Jesus, be decided, and go all in. Last scripture, I'm going to land. Revelation chapter 3. You knew I was going there. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 through 16. And to the angel of the church of La- of the Laodiceans, write this. Jesus is talking to the seven churches, remember? And he's telling them all the great things they do, but then all the things that are holding them back. These things says the, the Amen, the faithful and the true witness. That's God. The beginning of creation of God. Right. I know your works. As well, this is God speaking to a church. I know your works that you are neither hot or cold. You're perfectly positioned to socially connect with the neighbors and the city so that we can win their hearts yeah. no, the problem is, is you emotionally winning their hearts is not going to save their souls. That's That's right. Right. <clears throat> I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot you're not totally being a devil but you're not on fire for God either right. you're this thing in between where you've actually got tainting from the world and you've got a taste of what church culture looks like. You've actually been like Lot's wife, where you're in you're in love with being led by the angels, but you're also in love with the city that was perverted. You guys with me? I know your works that you were neither cold nor hot, and I wish you were cold or hot. God's literally saying, I wish you were decided. If you want to be a devil, I'm not going to stop you. Just go be a good devil. I really wish, would prefer, that you would go all in for me. But I wish that you would decide which one. Because you're refusing to even be honest to yourself. So because you won't make up your mind for you, I will. So then because you were lukewarm which is the result of hot and cold coming together lukewarm it's not a person lukewarm (laughs) (laughs) you were lukewarm and neither cold nor hot watch the language i will vomit you out of my mouth so you look like you're actually in christ right because for god better vomit you out of your mouth out of his mouth you've actually kind of looked like you're in christ But you've got all this other dark, nasty stuff. And it might not even necessarily be real evil. It might look like compromise. You cannot love God and the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. We know the scripture. See, so this, this type of message really challenges us in a very kind of aggressive way to be decided. And to look at the areas of our lives that could possibly be the cold water pouring into the hot water. What areas, what mindsets, what is my mind like when no one's looking? What is my appetite really hungry for? That's a good That's a good thought. Am I craving for things that I know God's not approving, approving of, but it's not just the whoopsie anymore, now I've got an appetite for it. Because if I've got an appetite for that type of thing, then what actually starts to take place is I'm actually worshiping another god while I'm pretending to be all in for Jesus. You can fool everybody, but you can't fool God. So my my closing statement to everyone here today is that we we must be decided who we're gonna, how we're gonna live, who we're gonna live for, and. Really go to work and look at the areas in our lives that have looked neutral or political. Plain different groups of friends. Hello? Yep. Being one thing over here and another thing over here. Saying certain things because it'll get certain results, or not saying certain things because you don't want certain people to think less of you. Being like Peter, who would behave with the, with the Gentiles a certain way, and then shift his behavior when he was around the believers, or the, the Jewish believers. It just looks like something. My prayer is that over this next 6-12 months, dwelling place just just starts to tear on fire. And it's not because of like special meetings. It's that we're getting the stuff out of us. Myself included, okay? I'm not preaching to anyone, myself included. We're getting the stuff out of us. That would actually hold us back yeah. from being decided from being all in from being dedicated from being split between worlds between being hot and cold you yeah. i just really feel that like god is calling us and especially in the season that we're in because right now the world is trying to get the, the dark forces behind things are trying to brainwash the world into neutrality well, I don't want to say anything there because I don't want to offend people. They are training people not to speak in absolutes yeah. right now. Yeah. And I refuse to be that person.
1: Yeah, that's
0: right. I'm not going to not speak the truth because it might offend someone. The Bible says that the cross is offensive. Yeah. Because it all of a sudden says that you have sin problems and Jesus is the answer. But you've got to acknowledge your sin. Well, that's offensive. I don't like you talking down to me. Sorry but I have an obligation to tell you the truth. If you never want to talk to me again, at least I've told you the truth. And I've done it out of care for your soul, not out of some kind of thing I get out of it. And it has to be done in love, not in in some kind of pious, arrogant, religious stance. People need to know that they're cared for, not just that they've spoken to. You can talk to someone, or you can talk at someone. We've got to be able to get to people's hearts, not hit the wall that they put up when they feel like you're being condescending right. yeah. amen? amen so let's just stand to our feet we're going to close right now but um, i'm just going to publicly right now if, if you've really struggled in this area feel like man you know i know about god but i don't really know him as a friend i i know a lot about you know church and i want to be good with god but i've also got this whole other aspect of my life that just feels compromised I feel like in my heart I'm not totally right with God. If that's you right now, I just invite you to walk up the front right now. I'm going to pray for you.